<laughs> I'm Lance. And I'm Mike. And we are just these guys, you know. Hello again. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? I am concentrating very hard to keep my mouth to the side of the microphone. And why? Because <laughs> you hear that? a rattle in here. <laughs> as <laughs> Wow. As, as I edit these videos, uh, I noticed as I'm going through the audio, take out the throat clearing, the coughing, mm -hmm. but I'm guilty of a lot of plosives. Plosives? Plosives. Hmm. And so hopefully you haven't heard them when listening to the podcast, but when you speak directly into the microphone and say P's and T's, yeah. it sounds like an explosion mm -hmm. in your ear. So mm -hmm. I have to go through and edit all of those. And I was like, how do I do that? I don't know what's going on. So I'm concentrating to um, make the voice sound better. Hmm. So you know the... I was the, trying not to say not, but go right. ahead. One of the most nerve-wracking things for me is to actually go back and listen <laughs> or watch. Yeah. And the, one of the things that I've been most conscious of, of my own uh, involvement, which by the way, so far, this has gone exactly the way my life basically goes. I'm doing about 10 to 20% of the talking. And I love that <laughs> because that's how I live. I, in my everyday conversations, in my Monday through Saturday life, except on Sundays when I have to do most of the talking for a half an hour. Sure. Uh, the rest of the time, I just am not a big talker. <laughs> that's why this thing, it's really strange that this was my idea. But uh, I, I like to listen and ask questions. And just basically try to learn and soak in as much as I can. I'm not a highly opinionated person. I just never true, really have been. True. And if I am, I have just learned to uh, keep my opinion and I guess process it uh, until I feel like, I, and a lot of times as I process it, I realize I don't really need to even bother with expressing that. Now, if it's important, I will. If I have something to add, I will. Right. But I just am not the kind of person that's going to walk around making sure everybody knows what I think about <laughs> what I think. Well, and what I what I've noticed over the past few years now, she kind of mentioned it, hindsight twenty twenty is, uh, you don't have a strong opinion that you're wanting to step out and assert to other people. Yeah. But you do hear other strong opinions, and then you want to talk about those strong opinions sure oh yeah so when we were you know when we do get together not moving wood yeah but you would come in and say did you read this or did you hear that and then we would talk about this very strong opinion about something right yeah or people's different opinions uh, posing polar opposite yeah approaches to something yeah, yeah 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 and i think a lot of times what happens is people perceive that that my goal in life is just to be nice and that's not really true right my, my goal in life is to be kind my goal in life is to be christ-like sure but there is a time for righteous anger there's a time uh, for the the right kind of anger uh for the wrong kind of people are it's necessary uh, but i just find that a lot of times if i'll just process through uh, i realize you know that's listen that's their perspective that's what they see in life and it, 
if it's necessary for me to say something, I absolutely will. But I try as much as possible to, um, you know, if I let everybody know every time what I'm thinking, I will end up not just saying something, but but throat punching people who don't necessarily <laughs> deserve it. And so that's just for me. I'm it's, glad it's how I go about that. life. Yeah. Well, the Bible says, uh, and this is tangentially related, but it, it says uh, something about you know you show me, uh, tell me about, tell me your faith. T- you tell me you have faith. Mm-hmm. Your words say you have faith. I show you my deeds. Sure. And you're not the type of person to walk around proclaiming a lot of stuff uh, like a, a radio microphone. Sure. But you know we will find you helping somebody move. We will discover that you've been helping a homeless person get into an apartment. Mm-hmm. And and so you don't speak through your your mouth. You don't say a lot of these opinions out loud and try to force them on other people or convince other people you go and do your belief your faith is shown through your deeds well yeah i try now Um, i know we had something you wanted to talk about yeah so today as we record this march 21st is world down syndrome day yeah yeah so First, I want to give a big shout out to Ryan. Ryan! The man. The best son ever. Yep. And then I wanted to, just real quick, I'll show this camera right here. Who are we advertising? Who's our sponsor today, Mike? Our sponsor today is CARE. Mrs. Courtney and Abby, a big shout out to them. But we, uh, we're we going to have a little party here a little bit later today. Oh, cool. But yeah, World Down Syndrome Day. Uh, the theme for this year, I, I looked it up on Facebook. I don't want to make give the impression that I'm totally, you know, up and aware on everything that's sure. going on. So this is a great day for me sure. to become more aware, which is the goal mm-hmm. of the day, of inclusion. And instead of even considering the limitations, but consider the the opportunities right. that are there, that the things that they can achieve. And it, the, the theme is with us, not for us. But I think it would be awesome if you could give us just a little bit of a perspective on being a dad of someone with uh, Down syndrome and, and just how amazing that has been over the years. Well, and it will be a little bit because I'm selfish with it all. I'm yeah. very protective of that. Yeah. Uh, I did see a documentary on PBS uh, years ago, and this kind of summed it up for me. So if you want to go find it and look at it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But it was called Teaching John. Oh, okay. And it was... Uh, about a, a, a guy with Down syndrome the, named John, but it was more about his family. And his sister had gone to a psychologist and, and was in therapy and, and said to the psychologist, uh, I want to know how to teach John. And the psychologist told her, honey, you got it all wrong. You're not put here to teach John. <laughs> John is here to teach you. Oh, that's good. And And that's, you know, been part of the amazing discovery over my lifetime is that I learn 10 times more from him than I could ever teach him. Sure. And, and every opportunity that I have to be with him, see I'm tearing up right now, every opportunity I have to be with him, there's just something amazing that occurs or 
I showed you the the video of him singing. Yep. The the the, the faith song. You should put a little clip on. Uh, on this on this just, week, yeah. It just you know you watch it and it just brings tears to your eyes. But he, without any assistance from me, came in here, set up the studio, got everything ready to go, got his his phone ready to go, got the lyrics typed up and written out, got his shower done, got his his dress. His, his uh, sh uh, dress shirt on, <laughs> combed his hair, and got it all <laughs> set up and ready to go, and then called me. Nice. And the dad video, he didn't know how to turn it on and start it. Sure. And I just operated the video cameras, and he performed the entire song in conjunction with his church in Dallas, uh, First United Methodist Church of Richardson. Yeah. Together on the video performed with them this this beautiful beautiful song mm. and at the end it, it was so incredible at the end he just kind of sits there for a minute with a grin on his face kind of looking around and then he goes got it <laughs> yeah it right. was it's an amazing video so so good so uh, happy world down syndrome day to everybody thank you ryan mm. for being the best son ever absolutely there's not been one single time that I haven't uh, seen Ryan, either at church or in your office, where it hasn't just made my day better. Oh, he's a yeah. he's a gift, is what he is. Yeah, he's from from morning to night. Yeah, just it's a continual gift that keeps on giving. Yep, it's really amazing. Well, what do you got? Well, I had a question for you. A couple of questions for you. First of all, I didn't know if this was a dream or not. Okay. So you can help me out with it. Mm -hmm. But last time you were in here, and I went through the, the video and the audio after you left to see if I was dreaming or if it really happened or if it happened before the video started. But did you say to me <laughs> that I am serving you the worst cup of coffee ever? Yeah. <laughs> well, what I said was you used to serve me the worst cup of coffee ever. And I have just figured out how to get used to it. Uh, okay. So. It's still a bad cup of coffee. So, so it wasn't a dream. No, okay. no. I have, I have figured out in, in an effort to lower my sugar intake. See, I usually put a whole lot of creamer in a little bit of coffee. And so what you, like at the office, when we used to hang out over right. there, you didn't really have creamer. No. So I would have to force it down black. And, and so, and I'm, a, I'm just guessing you're not buying the most expensive coffee out there. No. Well, and the funny thing is, is at the <laughs> office, I was buying the, you know, the Starbucks and all of that. And nobody would drink it. Or if they did drink it, they didn't say anything. But mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm spending, you know, a lot of money on coffee here for nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I started buying the $5 can of uh, uh, Dylan's off-brand. Sure. And that's when I started getting compliments on my coffee. Oh, boy. You're like, oh, this is a really good cup of coffee. And I'm thinking, it's a $5 can. Now, before you drink that, I just want you to know, in 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 response to what you said last week. Yeah. And now, I haven't tasted it. That would be rude. I just put all the ingredients in, mix it with my finger. And then... <laughs> <laughs> but well. how, how is this cup of coffee? Well, it's way better than what I've had here so far. <laughs> it's cold. Well, but when did you make it? Like four a.m.? No, but I put I put almond milk in it from the fridge. Oh, okay. I, I put uh, honey. 
Yeah, and I can then, taste the honey. And yeah. then uh, about a shot of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite pleasant. But if you'd have said something at any point, I, I would have accommodated you. <laughs> I had no idea until you said, you serve me the worst cup of coffee ever. I was just shocked. Well, man, you have upped your coffee game. I appreciate that. So, what like is, I say, I should have said should've. what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. What is your craziest dream? Craziest dream as in like a dream that I've had or, or the dream that I dream? The craziest dream you're willing to share on the air with the public. Hmm. Well, the dream that comes to mind that... Um, the reason it comes to mind is because I've had it so often. There's a couple of them. And I don't know. I don't even know what to, to do with it. But I have, I've had a reoccurring dream over the years, ever since I was a little kid, that I'm riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And I'm in Colorado. We used to live in Colorado Springs a long time ago. I was three or four years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm riding down a hill. Now, we used to do this. I had a big wheel. Remember the old big wheel? Right, right. Where you were basically sitting on the ground. Yeah. (laughs) And they would send me flying down this, you know, our street was basically a hill. Yeah. Flying down the street. And then you had the little brake on the side. (laughs) And you would crank up on the brake and do like a 360 or, a you know. Yeah. As many spins as you could possibly do without killing yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And, but my dream has always been that I'm cruising down this hill and all of a sudden I begin to take off. Kind of the E.T. Yeah. But this is way before E.T. It's a dream about flying. And way after. So, yeah, it's a dream. And all of a sudden I'm flying through the air and I can see as clear as as can be everything. And, but I'm not afraid. There's no fear. Right. And then I do fall. All of a sudden I fall. And I begin to go, I'm falling. Right. So I'm going fast <laughs> towards the ground. But then I wake up. Every single time I wake up. And when you wake up, is it like you hit the mattress and jolt awake? or It's, it's before that. Before that. Yeah. It's before I hit anything. I'll wake up. So I have that reoccurring dream. And then I had uh, have had over the years, hasn't happened for a long time, but I have a reoccurring dream where I will... Um, there's a storm going on mm-hmm. outside and we go to the basement and I'm looking out the, the window. It's, it's, it's the, the rectangle windows. So they're not very tall sure. and I'm looking out through these windows and there are like several tornadoes all around. And it's the interesting thing is that this is a reoccurring dream. Right. And so several tornadoes all around and then nothing happens. And I wake up and that's, yeah, I don't know what to do with those. The reason that they're the, the strangest for me is that, again, they're reoccurring. I keep having them over the years. So if you got no. some good insight. No. Yeah. <laughs> me Freudian, neither. Freudian and Jungian, uh, you know, they do a lot of dream interpretation, but it's also in a larger context. You can't just spit something out right. according to them you have to lay on their couch for two years <laughs> yeah pay them five hundred dollars an hour mm-hmm. then they'll tell you what the dream means mm-hmm. but yeah the there is uh, psychoanalysis they 
dream interpretation is an element of it. So they would focus in on the flying. They sure. would focus in on the storms. Uh, those, yeah. those would be important elements of the dream oh. interpretation. And if you want to go home and Google that, and everybody watching this right now, if you want to Google that, uh, flying dreams and tornado dreams, then when you look at Mike and Church, <laughs> you'll have a whole new perspective. The way I've always kind of looked at dreams is how do you feel when you wake up? Okay. And, and it's uh, the way I utilize dreams is the dream itself, your mind. There's stuff going on in the waking world. Sure. That you're dealing with. Yep. And your mind is trying to prepare you mentally, emotionally to deal with the things going on in the waking world. So if you have a test on Friday that you haven't been studying for, you may have dreams of running through the woods away from a monster and you wake up very scared and anxious. Mm. The anxiety is what you need to get in there and study. Okay. Yeah. So um, if you're wanting to. Do a little self-analysis. You can go deep with the dream's meanings or you can, the utilitarian element of a dream. Yeah. How, how do I feel when I wake up? Yeah. So I I really see what I'm about to say as a, a blessing. I don't have a great memory so there are times where I think, Mom, I can't believe that I don't remember that because somebody will bring up a time where we just had an amazing, you know, experience and I don't remember it. And it's it's a little scary. But at the same time, there are so many things that I'm happy to forget <laughs> that I'm glad I don't remember. And I don't remember a lot of my dreams. I'm fascinated by people who literally every night, Dawn, yeah. my wife, remembers the majority of her dreams. Pretty much every morning she can wake up and, and tell you about the dream she had. She dreams in color. She dreams it's very vivid. She she I will say things in her dreams that will have her mad for a week. <laughs> They're very real to her. And so I but I don't have that. Yeah. And I'm 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 interested in in uh, knowing at some point I need to dig into that as well to see why do some people have great memories and other people like me yeah, not remember too much. And didn't we talk about? I don't remember ADD. Or yeah. Yeah. Attention concentration. Yeah, I don't really remember the whole talking memory about process. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of uh, not remembering, and people will say things. You've been lead pastor for how long? Seventeen years. Yeah, since we, 2010. You you were kind enough to share your your walk. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago. Yeah. Have you ever run into anybody from pre- Oh, yeah. Pastor days? And yeah, and it's usually... How does that go? I, it usually goes well. I was never really the the guy who was mean-tempered. I mean, I've had my moments for sure. Uh, there are obviously going to be a few people out there who think, man, the way he treated me, I can't believe. But for the most part, I've, uh, I've always been, I mean, I've always been a, a guy who is considerate to others. Um, actually the reputation that, that I had, uh, in school really 
to a lot of people was someone who was kind of arrogant and, and stuck up. Um, most of that was just, again, me not wanting to be the one talking all the time or just naturally, I just don't. Sure. Um, but the majority of the time, the, the conversation is them surprised, though, that this is this is the path that I ended up on. Surprised. There's, yeah, there's no doubt about that. That this was, the you know, it's always, you're, what? You're a pastor? <laughs> now, it's been long enough that, sure. that the majority of the people that I grew up with would now know. Sure. But, yeah, in the beginning, for sure, it was a surprise. And no more surprise to anyone than me. <laughs> and so why wouldn't it be? to others you know so this in, is just any, not any of those times where you walk in some place and, and somebody's like michael's no yeah oh yeah michael's no oh yeah michael yeah and you're like uh i'm mike now yeah yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who you're talking about i don't know who it is that you know <laughs> yeah it's it's an interesting thing to run into people that just knew me in a completely you know my my pre-jesus and I still, though, I, I don't live a life where, well, let's put it this way. I try to live a life where people that I will maybe at some point in time have an opportunity to have a conversation with about, about Jesus and about my faith. I want them to be comfortable with who they're talking to. Huh. I feel like that's the first thing that has to happen. And so for me to, to try to express how different I feel on the inside, you know, how much holier I am, <laughs> uh, would be, would be stupid. It would just be, it wouldn't be an approach that would be effective at all. The, and so I still, and I always, I always think back about all of the conversations that I've had at wedding receptions. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons that I love to do weddings, and it's a little, I find it to be a little odd how much I enjoy doing weddings yeah. and how much, I don't say enjoy doing funerals, but how much I uh, embrace doing funerals. It's because of the conversations in the margins. Mm -hmm. It's because of the conversations for weddings at the wedding receptions. Right. And so having a conversation with somebody I've already talked about, they know that I'm there as the pastor. Right. The wedding's right, already right. taken place. Right. They already know. And I can think of several people that talking about, now these things I remember. These conversations I do remember. Mm -hmm. These stick. But it's when I'm having a conversation with somebody over a beer and we are just talking about life. And then it, the majority of the time, it leads to them expressing to me a struggle that they have a in and many times it's a struggle with religion and so i get to share with them my experience and and my perspective and how i have learned so much over the years in just understanding that it's really truly about relationship and we can do relationships we're not all very good at relationships but man we can do relationship a lot better than we can do religion of course that's and great. so yeah so that's those are the times that I really, really love being in this role. And, and I think that, you know, there's a difference between saying I'm religious and having that relationship uh, truly in, in your heart. Because when you're having to say it, then you're having to remember what to do 
yeah and how to act and then there is that false element to it right you know, hey brother how are you today right <laughs> it's good to see you <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the more natural and this mm-hmm. flows from your heart and I, I think that's what people sense and why people gravitate towards you and have those conversations in the margins mm-hmm. um, they sense the difference they, they know they can uh, be comfortable around you and that's due to the relationship you have that's kind of shines through and people sense that and see it mm. well for me to to do anything different would be uh, it just wouldn't be natural for me and it it obviously wouldn't come across as genuine and so yeah i, I don't struggle with the expectation of what a, a pastor is supposed to do mm-hmm. or supposed to, to act like i just don't struggle with that and so I, I say this and it's still the truth. I am still to this day. Yeah, I want to make sure this is accurate. I am still to this day as comfortable in a bar setting as I am in a church setting. I, I just am. So, I don't know, Grace Point might become a bar. I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, a blending of the two, I suppose. When, when when people ask me where do I go to church, uh, I'll tell them Grace Point. And the way I've kind of taken to describing it to, to connect with them, to help them. Because most people, when you think of church, the hard wooden pews, the suit, the tie, the, the slick back hair. The, like this. The, like this. <laughs> as soon as you and I are done here today, I'm turning right around and appearing in court. So sure. Yeah. It's dual purpose. Well, you look good. Thank you very much. But I tell people, it's kind of like a bar on Sunday morning. The atmosphere, it's it's relaxed, it's comfortable. Yeah. Uh, there's music, uh, people smiling, talking, accepting, warm. Yep. Uh, there's you know the, the traditional church where you walk in and it's fairly pretentious and, you know, good-hearted people trying to do good-hearted things for that one 30-minute segment that they haven't been doing all week. Sure. And there's a different feeling in a more of your traditional church that I think a lot of people gravitate away from and they have all these preconceived notions about various things and the relaxed atmosphere and and the ability to, I mean, if somebody's standing there in the lobby looking around and you say, Hey, can I help you? And they ask you a few questions and then walk off. You know, that was the pastor. What? Mm. <laughs> that you are comfortable enough that you blend in. I mean, it's not that you blend in like you're trying to blend in, but it is a, a group of people who are all there to nurture each other and yeah. just develop a relationship with, yeah. with Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we're all in this together, 100%. Well, given that this was not your your life's role from the – from the time you were born and, and you've done a lot of it on the fly. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any embarrassing moments on stage or? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> My biggest issue, I'm, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> I'm trying to filter, choose. Filter. I'm trying to decide. Well, filter is it. Yeah. Filter is 100%. I've told jokes that work 
inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, when you when you tell a joke that that would have been uncomfortable in a bar, <laughs> and you're doing it on a Sunday morning in a in a church building, uh, you probably should have a filter that keeps you from going there. <laughs> but I've done that. I've 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 used analogies that not only are are inappropriate, but they they don't even really work for <laughs> you know the message. There's a whole lot of things that now I haven't I haven't done anything like there's a popular one out there where the guy says that uh, Lot pinched his tit. Um, that one uh, you know I haven't gone I haven't come staring at you blankly because I don't yeah, know it. I haven't. It's oh, it, he's supposed to say his tent. pitched his tint, ah. but he said pinched his tit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, Ooh. I mean I've said. Many things. It's dangerous for 30 minutes, approximately. You're standing up there and you're speaking into a hot microphone. <laughs> Just like here. It's dangerous. At least this can be recorded and uh, edited. Now, edited out. Have but, you ever had a hot mic moment? Hmm, you know what? I, I have where I have been in conversation with people and my pack is still on. Yeah. And even though it's not hot in the room, it's hot on the internet. And uh, so that's the worst case scenario is where I'm not necessarily saying something that I shouldn't be saying, but I'm saying something very private right, to someone. Right. They're expressing to me a private, you know, conversation and people are sitting there listening to it on the internet. That we've had to come up with a better system to make sure there's a protection they're shutting, they're mi muting me at the board, shutting my mic off at the board. I'm doing the same thing on my, so it's a double protection. So the hot mic thing, because that's your ADD. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that's that's the worst part is when you're supposed to be having that that private even prayer. I've I've had people, boy, that was a nice prayer you had with that. Well, you weren't even supposed to hear that. <laughs> so um, again, and I know there are a whole lot more than than I can remember. Well, but that's I, the blessing of, of a poor memory. I, I don't know. I haven't experienced those with you, but I do know years ago, not, not years ago, three years ago, four years ago, whenever I, I did the seminar in the church and I had that stage microphone on with the, the pack on the belt. And yeah. after I uh, completed one of the nights, uh, somebody pulled me aside over in a corner and began to ask me a question. And you shouted from across the auditorium and started kind of running my direction. Hot mic, hot mic, hot mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Click. And turn Been it off. there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous. Hot mics are dangerous. No doubt about it. People get fired. Over on, hot on, mics? Yeah, over oh. hot mics. All the time. We've had it right here in, <laughs> in the news for Wichita Anchors. People get fired. Really? Oh, yeah. I just, the, I, all of a sudden, it's like on Anchorman. How, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where there's in there, and he starts, you know, telling Veronica Corningstone <laughs> just what he thinks about her, what he's going to do. <laughs> it's a hot mic. Oh. <laughs> never, never done that, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Thank I, goodness. I have many times embarrassed myself on stage sure and i don't know that other people would know it necessarily yeah because 
being forever the class clown and just own it. Yeah. Like it was intentional. And- yeah, that's that's the thing too. And I have just enough of an ornery side where a lot of times the reason that I don't follow the filter or listen to the filter sure. is that I just am ornery enough to where I want to say it. And I want to try to make sure that, again, this isn't a stuffy environment. I do have a core value, and I believe this, that the gospel should never be boring. And so I try to never present the gospel in a boring way. So boring to me also includes stuffy. It includes, you know, pious. It includes holier than thou. I want to make sure that that's not the environment. So I will tell a, a joke from time to time that might be, you know, on the kind of the edge of of where we would want to go, but at the same time, well, and that's that's the it's funny important part to me is when you when you're sitting in your your traditional churches and and I get it, you know, there's there's certain uh, road you know guidelines you have to kind of stay within and paint within, and you're hitting multiple audiences all at the same time from a 15 year old sitting there with yeah. his parents to somebody's grandmother. And so you're really trying to hit a broad audience a lot of times when you're speaking from the pulpit. But if you look at what was happening you know, when Jesus was walking around, sure, he didn't speak piously. Right. You know, like the, 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 the Jewish uh, leaders did whatever they were called Pharisees, Sadducees, Pharisees, Pharisees, right? He he told stories. Yep, and they were very relaxed. And and in the relaxed telling of a story, wisdom and insight were revealed to those who were willing to hear it, whose whose heart was open. And so, by telling a simple story, he then is able to bring in. Yeah a realization and an understanding of, of what certain scriptures meant from what is now called the old Testament. Right. And so we then turn around and and put on our suits and play the organ and, and speak in the very serious tones, but that was not what he was doing. Right. You know, Paul, Paul was arguing. Yeah. (laughs) If you read what Paul writes, it's actually, long legal arguments like sure. he's an attorney or something yeah and so you know and then a lot of the other books are you know people's observations or experiences and they're like a lot of them are like hey dude check it out you gotta stop you know trust me you know if they were speaking in today's language that's kind of what you know they're saying what james is saying is like check it out he's my brother i know what's going on here yeah uh, so the the fact I, I don't think it's anything to feel less than or ashamed about the way you present and, and run your church. And I think oh, it's yeah. a very comfortable, welcoming, warm environment that yeah everybody walks away with something. Yeah. And I just, again, to, to do it any other way would be forced. To do it any other way wouldn't be. I, I have learned over the years to embrace the, the reality that and I say it all the time, but I've learned to really embrace it and and uh, accept it. That God called me, right? He he didn't call somebody else that he wants me to be. He called me, and so I just understand it's going to be different. 
My goal is, you talk about, you know, using humor. My goal is never to be a stand-up comedian <laughs> up there. That's not the goal. The goal is to use uh, humor as an opportunity to bring down some walls to mm -hmm. help people to become more relaxed. Sure. I believe that laughter opens the ears. And that once once you have somebody who's willing to relax and smile and even laugh a little bit, then you have an opportunity to have a great conversation. And that's all my goal is on a Sunday morning is to have a conversation. One of the things that I love the most about the uh, series, The Calling, is the very just personable uh, presentation of Jesus. And what an amazing job they do of making Jesus very relatable mm -hmm. and how, because that's who he was. That's who I see Jesus as, as someone who was willing, God willing to come here, put skin on and relate. That's Jesus. He came here to relate, to connect with us on every level. And so why would we not want to do that? Yeah. If, if we're going to be, Jesus-like, Christ-like, <laughs> then we are going to be relatable. Can't love God and love others if you can't be relatable. Right. Yeah. No, and so, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you, random. As you're talking about all these scenarios, I'm going to try to defend the question or take you through the 18 steps my brain went through to get here. Okay. But have you ever sneezed with a mouthful of Funyuns? <laughs> as you try to not sneeze with similar your to laughing with a mouthful of really by the way excellent coffee <laughs> so much better uh, i don't think so i'm not a big funniest guy <laughs> but um yeah again not that i remember <laughs> Why do you ask? I can see you. There's <laughs> a little movie playing in my head. It's really hilarious. Okay, but I can yeah. see you in the back getting ready. <laughs> Somebody has left a bag of Oreos. And, sure. Oh, you have a couple of Oreos and you walk out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what I've done. With yeah. <laughs> I have choked on pieces of granola. <laughs> that have come out of my teeth in the middle of, of giving a message in the middle. Of the, now that's awkward when all of a sudden you're chewing the rest of your food <laughs> and you can't hide it. No. There's no hiding it. Because, so you just got to admit it and you got to say, Hey, give me a second here. I'm going to enjoy the rest of this granola bar. <laughs> second breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Like a cow. <laughs> Reshoot the cut. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no, just those I, those embarrassing things that just kind of happen, and and they always seem to happen when you're trying to, you know, say something really important. Say something important. Appear right. Important. Yeah. Uh, you messed me up so bad one time. <laughs> but that second night of when we were filming mm -hmm. we decided to film those seminars and that second night when more people showed up than we were anticipating and i didn't reveal it or show it but mm -hmm. i went off to the side because i was having a mini anxiety attack mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that was the night that 
I had planned for part of the presentation a couple of uh, not jokes, but uh, some events to occur to, to kind of demonstrate the concept of reading people's minds and predicting futures. And okay. so I, I had a guitar. Yep. So it looked like yeah. I was going to play, but then I would never do it. And yeah. there were going to be jumping to conclusions. And I had a magic trick plan with these cards that involved audience participation. And so now I'm having an anxiety attack about all the people showing up. And the music starts for me to walk up and you're to introduce me. And as the music starts, I'm, I'm really zoned out. Right. And you get ready to walk up there and you pull me aside and say, hey, real quick, uh, after the last seminar, uh, somebody emailed us complaining because you said, screw the pooch. <laughs> and they were very offended and very upset by it. And so my anxiety. That's went, when I did that to you? Yeah. It went right from a nine to a 10. My that, eyes got as big as saucers. That, I, I, so I apologize right now. No. That is a cardinal sin. Well, you and, don't do that to a speaker. And then you leaned in and put your arm around me. And it's so what I want you to do tonight. Now I'm. I'm going down the road of apologies yeah, and, and, and mea culpas. And you leaned in and put your arm around me and said, what I want you to do tonight. I'm, I'm never going to be invited back to this church again. <laughs> what I want you to do tonight is go up there and get on stage and say, screwed the pooch 13 times. <laughs> and then you walked off. Okay. And, yeah. I totally and here that now. is Lance. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> just totally my brain seized like an engine without oil. Yeah. And I had to walk on stage at that moment. <laughs> so my motivation was was pure <laughs> for you. But yeah, timing. Well, timing could have been better. But yeah, I totally remember that now. Now that you say that. Well, I'm sure you meant it in a positive way right. to relax me. You had right. no idea the worry and fear <laughs> going through my mind oh, as I was getting ready gosh. to go up there. and Yeah. So. Yeah. That that led to the the card trick failing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that too. So, I, I did a, a somersault and landed on the feet and yep. saved it. Failing forward, yep. But people watching it would awesome. never know that that was a total failure. What what actually occurs? No, hey, became useful. Most people have no clue. No clue. This has been fun. It's it's interesting to experience a, just a little on the other side of the mic for all of you folks um, listening. This is obviously it's a work in progress. Right. Um, we both, I think I can speak for both of us. We anticipate that this is going to just get better and better with anything that you continue to persistently do. Please keep listening and watching. It will get better. Yeah, it'll get better. Um, if you like it, share it. You just, and you've said this, you never know when someone out there just needs to hear or even just feel included mm -hmm. or invited uh, into someone who might be really lonely or really hurting or really just in a desperate place. 
uh, even a dark place, and they just need to, to be a part of something. And, and if you have doubts about that and, and you want to bet with the odds, statistics show people over 60, 50% report being lonely, mm. age 20 to 30, 60% wow. report feeling lonely in this day and age of social media. Wow. So you can bet there's a better than 50-50 chance that whoever you're talking to is lonely, needs something, would appreciate uh, a reaching out, a touch, mm -hmm. uh, a hello, um, hey, check this podcast out. Any kind of human connection, sharing. Yeah. You're, the odds are with you that it will be appreciated. Yeah. In this, that's so amazing. In this day and age, mm -hmm. how the loneliness is just out of control. And I think it's, we're lonely, and so people turn to social media to try to connect with somebody, but the act of turning to social media to connect right. disconnects you from other people. There's these moments of fakeness. They're, they're fake Facebook posts. They're fake Instagram posts. Their life is better than me. And we have these momentary conversations that are occurring in our brain, but the moment we pick up our face from the phone, and look around our lives we we've we've created this this false narrative in our mind and reality is not as wonderful as the false narrative so it drives us further into social media and we start judging our our lives based on the number of likes and clicks and heart heart symbols and emojis yeah and, and the truth is um, when we look up and look around there's we, we feel lonely yeah well maybe excuse me, maybe part of our message can be and can continue to be moving forward that this is an on-ramp to getting connected to others. And maybe this is a, a, an encouraging uh, word that you're hearing, an encouraging conversation that's, that's going to just help you to, to move forward in your desire to actually physically get out and get connected with other groups. With a with a even just a small group of people, somewhere, someplace, just to 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 come out of that. We all go into these shells, you know. When we're all looking down at our phones, when we're all I mean, we're doing this through social media, but the the reality is, is we just want this to be a beginning of an opportunity to connect. And so, part of the reason I um, I thought it would be good to do this is to dispel myths and break down barriers because part of the the social angst of meeting somebody else is we have all these preconceived notions about who they are what they would like what they won't like what will happen if yeah and so we we resist we we fear we step back we don't engage we don't step out because of what we think about the other person who they are what they would like or not like and so I, i'm comfortable being in here on Tuesday mornings and talking with you and sharing uh, my, my idiocy, my weaknesses, letting people see that I'm just a guy. We, we might want to change the name. Just these idiots, you know? <laughs> you know, it's not that don't worry, you know, you're just like everybody else. No, you are just like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, 
the, the way Mike is sharing his life with you and, and how things go for him throughout the day and the eating granola on stage. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> these are, this is our daily life. We just, you know, for five minutes, we put on something fancy and put on a presentation for others as part of a, our, our job. But the rest of the time, we're just like you, you're just like us. And everybody driving around you, everybody in the store, everybody in the church is just like you. Yep. Yep. I had, I don't know for sure why I was thinking about this, but I'll kind of just wrap up with this maybe. Um, I was driving around. Actually, I went to the gym this morning and on the way back, yeah, I'm trying to get back (laughs) at it, trying to get back at it. I'm I'm two days in. (laughs) But as I was driving back, I was thinking about, it was probably in the context of thinking about, you know, I wonder what we're going to talk about today. And one of the things that that popped into my mind was road rage, which is actually road something rage. that yeah that I don't really struggle with. Yeah, I don't. And I and, but I ask myself, well, why? Why don't? There's obviously times where I could could be mad at another driver. Of course. And the thought that occurred to me was, well, I just the way I, that I, I'm going to think about this moving forward, and maybe I've thought about this a little bit, but I'm going to really think about this moving forward, is that literally everybody else on the road is blind. <laughs> Talk about blind spots. Right. I've just always assumed that I'm in the person's blind spot. Yeah. And if they pull over in front of me, I was in their blind spot. So right. I don't get mad. I was in their blind spot. There have been so many times where I pulled into another lane and the car there's been a car in my blind spot. Oh. Why would I get mad if I'm in their blind spot? So I thought, well, I'll take it to another level. I'm just going to assume that they're completely blind. <laughs> and so you talk about being a defensive driver. Yeah. Oh, if, if you're going to be driving around and everybody is blind right. on the road. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, some of my favorite times and favorite videos that I've, I've been a part of are when my nephew, Braden, who is blind, was driving the golf cart. <laughs> and we're out on the course and I put him in the, the driver's seat and just we go for it. And then I try to guide him. And so maybe that's something we can talk about uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Um, I think it's a great analogy, actually, for putting God, you know, Uh, as our guide. Um, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, but uh, if we were to just assume that, you know, we're just in their blind spot, it's, it's very helpful. And that's kind of the way I try to approach life. I'm not any better than anybody else. I've made bigger mistakes as much as anybody else. And so it's really an easier way to live. Mm-hmm. It's a much easier, and I think that that as much as anything else is the whole judge not least ye be judged. Listen, I don't deserve to be able to judge others. No, I just don't. So that's it. It makes certainly makes for an easier walk. But that that's that's worth the cost of admission right there. Yeah. Thank well, you. Yeah. Good thoughts. Thank you. Good reframes. Yeah. Well. It's been fun. I think that's it. I'm Mike. I'm Lance. And we are just these guys, you know. Have an awesome week. Mm-hmm.